Hello, and welcome to episode 90 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business, are you just thinking about starting one? Then Vegan Business Tribe, well, we're here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And we are now well on our road to Vegan Business Tribe Live at the London Olympia as part of VegFest UK. In fact, tickets have just gone on sale this last week. And we have some amazing speakers and workshops lined up for you from how to get your vegan business in the news to founders of vegan businesses sharing with you how they raised funding and how they went out and found investment. And I'm also pleased to announce that vegan comedian Jake Yap, who you might have heard on Radio 4 or even as the host of a Vegan Life podcast, Jake has just been announced as our latest speaker for the event. So I really want to get as many of you down to the London Olympia as we can. I genuinely want you camped out at our stage for the entire weekend and it would be great to get to meet you all in person as well. So you might be wondering, How many hundreds, nay, thousands of pounds is it going to cost you for this weekend extravaganza of vegan business? Well, it's going to cost you 15 quid for the entire weekend or just 10 pounds if you're only coming down for one day. And that is it. And the reason that it's going to cost you next to nothing is because... Vegan Business Tribe Live is part of VegFest UK, which is the UK's biggest and best vegan consumer show. And there is going to be hundreds of stalls and exhibitors and cooking demonstrations, and you get full access to Vegan Business Tribe Live as part of your VegFest UK ticket. Now, As if that is not good enough, VegFest are also currently doing a buy one, get one free on all tickets at the moment. So if you want to bring your partner or friend along for the weekend, then it's going to cost them absolutely nothing. So to see the full lineup of confirmed speakers so far and to grab your ticket, just go to the Tribe Live section of our website at veganbusinesstribe.com. And Lisa and I, we genuinely want to meet as many of you in person at this event as we can. So today's episode is is a little bit different because very patiently waiting, I've got a co-host with me today. And this isn't something we do very often, but um, today I've got somebody who has become a very familiar face in the vegan marketing scene. And so joining me all the way from Vancouver in Canada is the content doctor herself, Sandra Nomoto. And Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for the invitation and that lovely introduction. I'm thrilled to be here, David. You're you're in my ear every week. So now folks are going to get a little something a little bit different today. 
That is wonderful to hear. And the reason that we've got you on this podcast today is because you've actually just finished uh, writing your second book, Vegan Marketing Success Stories. And so I really wanted to get you to join me on this podcast so we could talk about some of those marketing success stories that you've collected together. But rather than me telling everyone about the book, could you just share with us what the book is, what it's about, and, and just as importantly, how it came about too? Absolutely. So the book is two things. Number one, it's a practical guide that can teach uh, any founder or marketer um, who may or may not be running a, ve- a vegan business um, all the possible tactics you could do, you know, 2021, 2022 to form a marketing strategy. And number two, it's a collection of stories. So um, my goal was to find about 50 case studies. So I reached 47. I I was almost there. (laughs) And then I also filled in um, the book with uh, about another couple dozen of examples. So in total, you're going to get either examples or stories of roughly 80 companies, uh, 80 vegan companies around the world, which I'm really proud of. And the book came about because um, I had an intuitive reading last year uh, around the time of my birthday. And I asked the intuitive, um, what, you know, what do the spirit guides have to say for me? And she said, you're going to write a book. And I went, what? Like, (laughs) yeah. And I had no idea for a book at the time. Um, Just, I was completely floored by that reading. Uh, But I just kept thinking about, you know, what could I possibly write a book about? Um, Nonfiction. I knew it it would be nonfiction because fiction is just not my genre. Um, And then I thought about my previous experience uh, running a public relations agency, and then now being in the vegan space and seeing all of these companies uh, rise and contribute to the industry. And I've always been fascinated about how companies market themselves, because there are a million ways to do it. And so I thought, um, well, actually, nobody has written a book about this topic. Um, The closest I found was Vegan Ventures by Katrina Fox, uh, which is about how to run a vegan business. Yeah, so I thought I would be the one to write the first book about how vegan businesses market themselves. And that's really how it came about. We're really good friends with Katrina Fox. And and she was really, you know, the original vegan business guru. And that book, Vegan Ventures, that's been such a big influence on the marketplace. And so many people have read that. And I think for so many people, that was actually their first introduction into vegan business as well. But what I really like about the examples that you've pulled out is, as you've said there, you've not gone for those obvious Oatly examples or impossible burger campaigns. You've really dug deep to find some really great examples from around the world that that even I'd not heard of. Well, uh, it just naturally happened. uh, You know, my goal was to get a good range of, you know, solopreneur businesses all the way up to big corporations. But quite honestly, I did not get um, any any case study responses from the big corps. So this really is... um, yeah, a book for the small to medium business founder or marketer. Um, and, and that's the bulk of the examples that you're going to get. I did throw in, you know, you know, Beyond Meat and a couple of examples here and there. But um, but yeah, this really is for the startup founder, the small to medium business uh, um, yeah, owner, just because, yeah, I, I just didn't get any stories from, from the big corps. So that's how it uh, panned out. So what I'd love to do today is just to pick out maybe several examples that you've collected for the Vegan Marketing Success Stories book. And then let's just spend a little time going through them together. So who are we going to start with as your first example? 
So we're going to start with a company called Blue Tribe in India, and they make plant-based meat alternatives. And so they shared a great example of native advertising. So the difference between traditional and native advertising is native is, um, you know, a lot more more subtle. It's almost not obvious that the company paid for it. So they partnered with a media platform called Scoop Whoop, which hosts a number of shows. One of those shows is called OK Tested, and it has three omnivore hosts. And what they did was they had the host test Blue Tribe's products side by side with a meat version. And so yes, they're eating meat on air. Um, And so yeah, they had three different dishes. And the hosts were fooled two out of those three times, um, which was great, because it shows, you know, plant based uh, products can compete uh, just as much as as the animal ones. And what and what I want to also say about this example is, um, it's an example of social proof. So so more often than not, when omnivores are trying plant-based products and they're not told that it's not meat, um, y- yeah, they they they're going for just taste alone, right? And so so it proves that, and then there's a couple of other examples of this in the book where um yeah, they they don't know if they have no idea it's a plant-based product, but they're saying, Oh, this is really good. Um, it really goes to show how much vegan businesses can can thrive. Um, on taste alone. And I tell you what, Sandra, I absolutely loved this video. And it's one that I'd not seen before. And if you watch it on YouTube, and if anybody wants to see it, just search for uh, Blue Tribe OK Tested on YouTube. But the presenters, they were spot on the right demographic. They didn't have any kind of agenda to push. And they came to that conclusion on their own at the end that if we can't really tell the difference between these plant-based meat products and these animal meat-based products, then why are we not just eating the plant-based one? And having somebody else say, that that is far more powerful than just the brand saying it themselves absolutely yeah and i like that you pointed it out you know that yes the platform was paid but uh the hosts aren't being paid to say these good things so (laughs) it's yeah it's coming straight from their mouths literally absolutely and another reason i i really loved this campaign was as we always say at vegan business tribe the biggest marketplace for vegan products is non-vegans or pre-vegans as we like to call them Uh, you know people like beyond meat their own research shows that 93 percent of their customer base are meat eaters so if you're wanting to promote a vegan product you need to go where those non-vegans are 100 percent, yeah and it was really smart of uh blue tribe to partner with this particular platform and i believe they're you know they're they're younger generation the hosts are millennials um and and that's exactly the generation that's going to move this this uh uh move veganism forward yeah so brilliant campaign and it actually got results too yes yeah um they well this they gave this example because yeah it it drove traffic to their website it increased their sales and then they also modeled their future videos on this type of example so they went out into the streets did the same thing you know compare the meat product versus blue tribe so it really inspired them to yeah to uh um, move forward in terms of their marketing strategy. Yeah, to take a whole new direction. I think in the UK, we've seen people like Meatless Farms do something very similar and and similar sort of campaign. So yeah, brilliant example. Great. So what 
what's your second example then, Sandra? My second example is uh, of an outdoor ad. And this was submitted by Jessica at Ethical Brand Marketing. And she got the opportunity to partner with uh, a nonprofit organization called Doctors Against Animal Experiments. Pretty straightforward. Um, And the managing director of that organization knew um, a man named Marcus Barth. So I believe he's out in Germany. And he owns a fleet of trucks that go, you know, they go across Europe. And he uses his fleet of trucks to raise awareness for animal issues. And so this partnership was perfect. And Jessica got the opportunity to help design the ad, the truck ad for Doctors Against Animal Experiments. And so she wanted the ad to link, you know, animals that we normally think of as pets, um, we don't want to harm them, to the animals that are actually used in labs. And so she, um, yeah, so they had animals in the ad, and then she had some particular messaging that Doctors Against Animal Experiments wanted uh, in the ad as well. And so, yeah, so this is a great example of, you know, something you might consider a traditional ad, you know, not very many people are putting (laughs) putting messages messages out on trucks today. Um, But what's also really important I want to point out is that you can always repurpose this content. So it's not just a truck. You know, they took pictures. And so they created a blog out of it. They posted it on social media. They put it in their digital magazine. And so you always want to think about how you can take some of these traditional tactics. um, uh, Yeah, you, you can you can continue to repurpose them in your content. So always think digital as well as whatever you may be doing traditionally. Yeah. So basically, this guy, Marcus Barth, he owns a logistics company and he's got 50 trucks heading around Berlin in Germany. And so he covers them in these huge animal rights messages. And what I love about this is kind of what you were hinting at there, that people have come to think that marketing is just something that can only be done from behind a computer keyboard. Mm-hmm. So if it's not on my website or it's not on social media, then it's not even in my toolbox or on my radar. But we know that display advertising and outdoor advertising especially, that still gets these kind of amazing results. Absolutely, because you have to remember people are walking around in real life now. <laughs> We've been out of this you know, uh, two-year hole or so um and so yeah if you're you know i thought what was was really smart about um of course it's it's marcus who who has this opportunity for for these amazing organizations but yeah for people who are driving on highways this is a great way to raise awareness um for for yeah for vegan issues because yeah everybody else is is driving on the highway too so and i love that point that you made about making it digital uh, you know how they created lots of content around it they blogged about it they did social media about it and this is actually something that we saw one of our own vegan business tribe members do he walked around his local city center wearing a sign that he'd made promoting his uh, vegans greetings cards company and not only did he pick up something like 30 new customers but it was the photos of him doing it they got hundreds of times more views and shares than any of his other social media posts Oh, I'm glad you shared that because I shared that of a Carter's story in my book as well. And I had no idea he had photos. Um, I wish, yeah, now I have to dig them up and see them. <laughs> Absolutely. He actually got picked up by his local news station as well. Amazing. So, you know, just doing something where perhaps on the day, maybe a couple of hundred people saw him by leveraging that through digital, probably something like 10 or 20,000 people saw that he'd done that campaign. That is amazing. See, now you're talking a campaign right there because he probably didn't even realize when he went out with that sandwich board how far he could take it and then now he's getting covered by media so that's that's really amazing absolutely and and i mean you know this campaign was in germany you're in canada and i'm in the uk and we're here talking about it now yeah okay so what's example number three then sandra 
So the next is uh, a public public relations uh, integrated campaign, let's call it, uh, involving media outreach and influencer marketing. So Meredith Marin, uh, who's an American, she runs a company called Vegan Hospitality, and she she's amazing. She is almost responsible for making the entire Dutch Caribbean island of Aruba vegan friendly. So she lived here, um, I guess, for a number of years because she was able to do all this work. But basically, she she appeared on local media as much as she could to talk about veganism. She got the opportunity to host a TV show um, to do the same thing, talk about veganism. Um, and she got the opportunity to help create vegan menus at a few restaurants. And because of that, she was able to be featured in travel magazines. So these magazines were in every hotel room in a Aruba. Um, a lot of them were um, in the seats of air airlines that flew to Aruba. So she just really did an amazing job of reaching out to the media and pumping out Aruba as a vegan friendly island. And then she also, um, I guess, uh, inspired the Aruba Tourism Authority to sponsor an influencer trip. So they were able um, a couple of years ago to bring six influencers from around the world to Aruba so that they could experience um, how vegan friendly it was themselves. And the great thing about that influencer trip is not, it wasn't just a one time trip. As we've talked about, um, a lot of that content still lives online and is some of the top ranking um content around veganism in Aruba. So Meredith is really amazing. I, I was so fortunate to get this story and and I'm so proud to, to be able to share it. And again, like the last one, it's talking about generating marketing away from digital, but then using uh, digital to, to leverage that message. Absolutely. And I'm almost afraid to say it, but when I started my first job at a marketing agency straight out of university, we didn't have social media. You know, email had only just started to become a communication tool. In fact, quite often we do campaigns by fax machine. So when we yeah. were thinking back then, yeah, some people still do it now, but when we were thinking back then about a campaign for a client, the first things we thought about were print advertising, TV, local radio. You know, have we got anybody we can put on the media around? Have they got a good story that people want to talk about? And this is exactly what this campaign is. It is basically a campaign from the 90s, which is why it works so well today. Yeah. And, and like you said, boots on the ground. A lot of this isn't digital. Yeah, a lot of this isn't digital. I mean, of course, the influencers, but um, but yeah, it was really all Meredith's doing, you know, boots on the ground, reaching out to local media, talking about um, the importance of, of, of uh, veganism on this island and bringing vegan travelers into the island. And yeah, it's, it's really stellar what she's been able to do for the island. It makes me want to go. <laughs> oh gosh, absolutely! It did when, when I was watching them too. But but what I like um, what she's especially done as well is this is top of a funnel activity which pulls people further down. Once you then start googling about her and the island and things like that, she's got the ebooks on her website. She's got her Instagram account that you can follow. But these channels they only work when you've got the numbers. And I, I think too often when we think about doing these kind of channels, that's what we think about first. When instead we should be thinking about our wider strategy first. So yeah, Instagram works well when you've got those tens of thousands of followers but what are you going to actually do to get your company in front of those tens of thousands of people in the first place you're not going to do that quickly just by blogging or just by doing the odd post here and there you know that's only going to drip feed one or two people a day you need to do something that's going to get you in front of thousands of people at a time and i think that's what meredith did really really well yeah and she did uh, i should say she did 
incorporate, you know, social media into this. She used the hashtag, started the hashtag vegan Aruba, yes. um, which really helped. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a combination of offline and online tactics that she did. And, and because she was really successful doing this with Aruba, um, the reason why her company is called vegan hospitality is now she can do the same sort of strategy in other countries with other ambassadors. So she's really now taking it worldwide and, and, and sharing this strategy with other ambassadors who can then do the same uh the same sort of thing with their locations so example number four then sandra so uh d- we're going into online now digital marketing and this this is, is not a contributor but this is a company a canadian company out of montreal that i'm a huge fan of they're called midday squares and they make functional chocolate bars and they're out to to be one of the top five chocolate companies in the world they're they're really going for it very ambitious and what they did um in the very beginning was they hired a videographer before they even hired a salesperson because they knew that content was going to be so important to build their community and it really shows if you go onto their yeah anywhere on social media or on youtube you'll see their strategy and their strategy is documenting everything so wins, including failures. They have a podcast where they talk about everything that's happening in the company, you know, from um, copyright infringements, the cease and desist letters that they've gotten to, you know, changing their packaging, trying out new flavors. They really talk about everything and they really integrate their community into the content. So they actually have an additional Instagram account and additional Facebook group that is just for the community. And yeah, they're amazing. I was a fan of their content even before I tried their products so so once I tried the products and and yeah they're, they're really amazing and uh yeah so midday squares uh I highly encourage you if you're you're new to digital marketing or you just want some new ideas on how you can be more transparent in your content definitely follow them and um yeah you'll see what they've been able to do and I have to admit Sandra so reading the story when you sent it to me and then going off and looking at that company, I was kind of blown away by what they've done because the fact that Midday Squares makes chocolate, it's almost secondary. And the fact that their very second hire, as you said, was a videographer. They have basically made the people behind the company into almost their own reality TV show. Mm -hmm. And that's so important because we know that people buy from people. Absolutely. And, and, and the energy that they put off is contagious. So, yes. so it's a family-run business. It's a, it's a husband and wife team, and then Leslie, the CEO's brother, and and he like he in every video he's in, he's almost dancing the whole time. Um, the the energy he gives off is is very infectious, and and it just drives curiosity. Even if you're not a fan of chocolate, you're like, what is this company, and what are they doing? And then yeah, and then if you, obviously if you're a fan, you're going to go and try it out, but. They just do an amazing job. One of the things that they do is they they go to the retailers that they're in and they really pump up the staff because they yeah. know the staff of the retailers are the ones who are going to push the product. You know, it's great to take a photo of your product on a shelf and share that, but but what they're able to do in engaging the staff is, you know, that's going to take them so much further. It's yeah, it's it's quite amazing what they've been able to do. And I think getting that kind of story over is it's just so important, but especially with ethical companies. You know, where, where maybe you do need to charge a little bit more for what you sell. And we've got companies like um, Who Gives a Crap Toilet Paper, for example, and they give 50% of their profits to uh, sanitation projects around the world. And we end up caring more about the company sometimes and what they stand for than the actual product themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, yeah, and that's that's exactly what Midday 
Square's brand is about. It's about the founders, but also the community. And they're always saying, you know, thank you guys for 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 getting us to where we are today and and yeah i think we could all stand to to do more of that in our in our content and also one thing i found really interesting was you actually you actually have to go quite a way in with midday squares until you find out that they're vegan and i love this i love a little bit of vegan by stealth because i suspect that a lot of their customers probably don't even realize at the start that they're eating vegan chocolate yeah yeah and and that's not something that they push uh a lot yeah they do say you know it's obviously plant-based but uh but yeah it's it's not uh um one of the primary things that they push and that's fine uh you know they're like i said in the beginning they're aiming to be one of the top five chocolate brands in the world they're serious about this mission um and so for them it's it's about that that momentum, I should say, that momentum and that energy versus the fact that it's it's a plant-based chocolate. Yeah. I think the final reason why I thought this campaign was, was so good and so important and something that people really need to go take a look at is because Midday Squares, they don't actually make anything that exceptional. Yes, it's a good product, but at the end of the day, it's just chocolate like yeah. the other 100,000 companies out there that make chocolate, but they've got close to 100,000 followers on social media. And, and I've spoken to so many companies who say, oh, we can't create interesting content because we make an everyday product. There's nothing mm -hmm. special about what we do, but your product doesn't have to be the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, it's uh, the story is big on the founders and and they go out and they do audacious things. Like one of my favorite examples that I share in the book is they did a video parody of a music video by DJ Khaled. And that was their Valentine's campaign. Like I wouldn't even think of doing something like that. They did the costumes. They, they tried to recreate the set. They did everything. And that's really the creativity of the founders. Like they, they go out of the box and, and, and uh, and then do things like that, and then in the end they're they're relating it to chocolate. And so yeah, if you think, um, yeah, you can't make your everyday product a bit different, go and look at midday squares and look at look at what they're doing. So on to your fifth and final example, Sandra. So my final example is is your company, Vegan Business Tribe. I'm so grateful uh, you were able to contribute, and I was really surprised by your entry because I I know that you and Lisa you run a tight ship over there. You're dialed down on your marketing strategy, but um, your entry inspired a whole section on customer service that I wasn't planning to write. But because of your entry. Um, you know, you talk a lot about uh, you talk a lot about how important the customer journey is. I'd love for you to to dive in a little bit on that, and um, yeah, and share uh, share a bit uh, with the readers what what to expect. Of course, and, and Sandra, just to return the compliment, when when I saw the other examples that you found, I was actually really honoured for us to be part of this, for, for us to actually be featured in the book. So you know, you asked myself and Lisa for our best marketing campaign, and I actually kind of sidestepped the question and instead i wanted to talk about the wider strategy of finding customers rather than any one tactic that you can then employ to get them and yes you know this is something that that we learned a long time ago and people always ask me how do they get more customers and i always say you're asking the wrong person you know don't ask me ask those people who are already your customers because mm. if you make your customers your best friends they will tell you 
everything that you need to know about how to find more people just like them. And a big part of that is, as you just said, mapping out that customer journey. So mapping out that journey they took to become a customer. So just to give the example, which is one I think you feature in the book, at Vegan Business Tribe, for our first maybe 12 months, Lisa and I, we booked in a Zoom meeting with every single person who signed up with us. And, and part of that was just wanting to help them and learn a bit more about their business. But I also wanted to find out why they had signed up. You know, what problems did they have that they thought they needed to solve? You know, how did they first hear about us and what kind of gateways they had to go through to become a member? But what I also wanted to know was what took them so long because you know, we've got people joining us at Vegan Business Tribe who've been in our funnel for more than a couple of years now. So when I get to speak to somebody who's maybe been, I don't know, following us for a long time, but it's taken them more than 12 months to actually, you know, join up as a member, I want to know what was stopping them because the thing that stopped them for such a long time, that's going to be stopping other people. Mm -hmm. So what was the final offer or the final post that we did or the final bit of information or content that nudged them over that line? Because if I can work that out, then I can use that same tool to convert other people who are in that same situation. So for us, especially in that first year before we'd built up our presence and credibility, we found out that the the only way to actually have that credibility with someone and to build up that kind of authority was to have a personal interaction with that person. And once we'd actually broken that fourth wall, as it were, and maybe we had a Zoom or, or we'd had a, just a lengthy email exchange with somebody, then people felt like they had a connection with us and they were just more open to signing up as a vegan business tribe member. And so then we built our marketing strategy around that. And, and a lot of this is down to Lisa because Lisa is a master of marketing automation. So we use that kind of automation to get people into email conversations with us, but still in a very personal feeling way. And we now put on free events every quarter on Zoom and we can get between 50 to 100 people signing up to these. And it's it's two-way. You know, we do it on Zoom. They can see us. We can see them. And it's just getting those interactions because that's the way we actually get them into our business model too. Yeah. You shared so many gems in there. Like a lot of business is problem solving. And I think we tend to forget that. We have to dial in on the customer, the, the client's problem because that's how we're solving their problems. That's how we're catering to them. It's not just about how great we are. Um, and then the fact that, that yeah, interaction with you and Lisa is so important. You know, that's something that we tend to lose when companies get bigger, but I love that you and Lisa are always, yeah, you're all, you, you make that interaction so important. Um, and then learning from, from your, your members and then integrating that back into your strategy. So yeah, I just thought your entry was so brilliant. And, and again, thank you for inspiring an entire customer service section in my book. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. But I mean, just to pick up on, on what you were saying there as well, that interacting that interaction doesn't have to be so heavy. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. so intensive. So you know, the the one thing we did off the back of learning about our customers was we launched this podcast and, and podcasting. Mm. It's just such a great way to build up that familiarity and authority with someone. You, you get this thirty to forty five minute slot in somebody's head yeah. you know, every single week. So we were able to take that learning that we'd done from our customers of what gets someone to sign up with us, and then we use that to create our entire marketing strategy. Yeah. And, and I'm a perfect example too. I've been following you guys for a while and, and listening to your podcast. So, you know, you, I've got your ear in my head week 
quickly. And then I see all your posts on LinkedIn where, where all your members are waving. And I'm like, what am I missing here? And so, and so, and then you've got a sales promotion in your email that says, you know, try one month free. And, and that was really the kicker for me. And so, yeah, you guys are just so great at integrating these tactics and, and um, yeah, and learning how members uh, come into your community. We're actually at the end of your examples of amazing vegan marketing strategies. But I want to just turn this around for a second. I'm going to put you on the spot here now because there's one really important marketing success story that we've missed, and that's yours. And I always like to be honest and show people behind the scenes of how business really works. But this book, it's actually a great marketing success story for yourself too. Creating it, it's just a great way to showcase your credibility and it gets you invited onto sessions like this too because you've got something really valuable to share. So at the time we're recording this, the book hasn't even come out yet, but you've been making so much noise about it. You've been doing so much trailing of the people that you've spoken to. So can I just swap this around for a second and ask you, what advantages have you already seen from this marketing tactic? Well, I think you've said it. Yeah, it's 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 uh, talking about the book enough so that by the time the date rolls around, people are like, all right, I'm going to get it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, a book, obviously I wrote the book because I'm a writer. I want to showcase, you know, the fact that I can write and, and, and that, that will do it. But, um, yeah, it's absolutely, it's the marketing around the book as well. And I knew that, uh, you know, I do have a a background in public relations, so I'm very comfortable pitching myself to media and appearing on podcasts like this. But what I needed was, the help of a marketing strategist. And so I was really fortunate to hire a local vegan. Um, Her name is Helen. She runs an agency called Ecolux Love, and she created a 90-day strategy for me. And yeah, if you've been seeing all my posts, that's that's really, you know, credit to her. She she created sample posts for every day. And this is multiple platforms we're talking about, not just Instagram. So so I'm posting every day leading up to the launch uh, on every platform that I'm on. Um, She's, uh, yeah, organized weekly blogs for me, as well as weekly emails. So I've really stepped up my marketing um, to try and get this book out there as much as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, so so ebook is actually out. You can buy the ebook now on lulu.com. Um, if you want the print or the audio version, those come out November 1st, World Vegan Day. So, so if you just remember World Vegan Day um, and you want those other formats, um, they'll be out in that day. And again, what I absolutely love about this whole project and, and the book especially is this is collated stories that you've gone out and find. And a lot of work's gone into, you know, going out and find those stories and then extracting what people need to learn and the messages from them. But when people talk about content, their their big concern is they don't know what to write and it's going to take so much work to pull together. So actually, you know, going out there and highlighting what other people have done, what other great strategies people can learn from, that's just a really smart way to produce a book. Yeah, that, you know, it, it does a lot of the work for you. I have to say that, <laughs> um, I, you know, and, and there's a couple of my own gems for my my PR background as well that I wanted to share. Um, so, yeah, this I feel like this was really a collaborative effort. Um, and then, as you said, <laughs> you know, it provides content. So I really wanted to make sure that, you know, I'm posting about um, a contributor at least once on social media. Um, and then I'm creating uh, blogs on a few of the, the different comp- contributors and examples. 
Um, so yeah, in terms of content, you know, if you write a book, it gives you endless, <laughs> endless opportunities for content. So you'll never get, you'll never get a shortage of that if you write a book. I'll say that. And that's why you are the content doctor. Well, Sandra, this has been absolutely brilliant. So thank you so much for co-hosting this episode with me. Uh, I really hope we get to do something like this again. But if people want to know more just about you, not just the book, where do they go to find out more? I'm everywhere with my name uh, on social media, Sandra Nomoto. Um, if you want to go specifically to The Content Doctor Services, that's at thecontentdoctor.co. Fantastic. Well, thank you also for joining myself and Sandra for this episode. We both really appreciate you giving up your time to join us. But hopefully you've picked up some brilliant ideas that you can go and now apply to your own business too. And if you want to get more great content like this to help you grow your vegan business, then please do go check out the Vegan Business Academy on veganbusinesstribe.com if you are not already a member. Being part of Vegan Business Tribe, it costs about the the same as buying a cup of coffee a week from your local coffee shop. And not not only will it get you some brilliant support to help you grow a vegan business, but your membership, it's also what means that we can keep putting out content like this. We can keep doing this podcast and just doing all the work that we do to champion the vegan business scene around the world. So thank you so much from both Sandra and I, and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>